Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Molly Atala, and I am one half of Collaborative Connections with Orthopelvic PT. Um, And sometimes, I mean, I'm definitely not a whole half, but sometimes I like to consider myself kind of half of the first iteration of Orthopelvic PT because I was Dr. Kelly's first hire. So how that came to be is a pretty beautiful story. And I just want to talk to you guys today about my why with this work with pelvic health physical therapy and how I ended up here. So like I said, my name is Molly Atala and I was actually Miss Atala. I was a high school English teacher for six years. So I taught in Fairfax County in Northern Virginia, which is where our clinic resides. And I really, really, really loved teaching my high school students. I taught freshmen and sophomores, English nine honors, English 10 honors. Those were my favorite classes. And I had really, really beautiful students. And in the year of 2019 into 2020, I was pregnant and I knew that I was going to have my baby and I knew that I was kind of putting my whole heart and soul into teaching. So teaching as is the case with some jobs, especially teaching higher level English really was a morning nights and weekends kind of job. And that was really hard for me because I didn't feel like I had a separation and I didn't feel like I could separate. And I also felt like, you know, it's like, well, you're a teacher, like you have all those breaks. You really don't. When you think about summer break, so if summer break is like, let's say it's it's seven weeks long, you're spending a whole week just kind of recuperating because your body is shot from everything that you've done. Think about like if you were in college or grad school, you know, and you had summer break, that whole first week, I don't know about you guys, but if you ever had a college that did kind of like a beach week thing, I would get sick at beach week um, because I just studied so hard. And it was similar with teaching. The first week, you're just absolutely dead. Then afterwards, you maybe have a week or two where you are trying to catch your breath, do some things for yourself or some projects that you put off for an entire year. And then you really kind of have to go right back into curriculum development. So it's maybe like a week and a half of a break. And 
it really was something that I cared really deeply about. And that's what I have my degree in. So my master's is in secondary education for English. And so that felt very narrow to me. I didn't feel like I had a lot of professional options. And I started to get very nervous as my pregnancy progressed because I pared down my workload as much as I possibly could. So I tried to really cut back wherever I could. And I still was exhausted and I was pregnant. So I knew that I, you know, clearly this is nothing compared to raising a child. And that really scared me. And I was able to take off, plan to take off a year from his birth. So I was going to take off for the rest of the year. He was due in March. I was going to take off for the rest of that year and then kind of roll my maternity leave into a year leave of absence for childcare. So I set up that FMLA, which I was really, really happy about. And that made me feel like I could handle it. I could do it. And again, I know that so many teachers clearly are having babies all the time and they're going on just their three month maternity leave. So I'm not, I don't want to knock that in any way. I think that's absolutely incredible. It just wasn't working for me in the way that I was operating as a teacher. And, you know, a lot of that's on me of not being able to kind of draw those boundaries and not be able to do less. I just couldn't do less and feel okay with myself. And for me, a really important part of working is feeling okay with myself and feeling fulfilled and feeling like I'm contributing my very best. So that just didn't work for me. And after Jamie was born, I had home birth. I had some really incredible midwives, the midwives of Loudon Home Birth and Healthcare, Heather and Hillary, they delivered Jamie and we had a great birth at home on March 17th, 2020. So right in the thick of everything, as the world closed down, our worlds really opened up um, with our son, Jamie, and also closed down because people couldn't visit us. But anyway, our, my son was born and I remember, so I had a home birth. It was a really empowering experience. I did have to do some coached pushing. My son has like a one zillionth percentile head size, basically. And, you know, I legitimately, he was crowning. I pushed for 45 minutes and he was crowning for, I would say, over 20 of those 45 minutes. And I did have to do some coached pushing at the end because that little, that sweet little head just would not exit. And I remember during one of those coached pushes feeling a real kind of ripping sensation inside. And it was not very pleasant. And I did not have tearing like in the traditional sense. I didn't have to get sutures or anything like that. But when I was recovering from my birth, I had a real, the first time I went for a walk when he was maybe like six days old, I came back and I thought, oh my gosh, I think my vagina has been weightlifting. Um, I had that kind of how, what people describe as the heaviness feeling from a pelvic organ prolapse, but I didn't know that. I didn't have that education. And I just thought, there's another thing they don't tell you that you, you know, go for a walk and you feel like your badge has been weightlifting. And I noticed that would kind of happen. We have a three-story townhouse. So I, you know, I went up and down the stairs a lot and I really exercised a lot during my pregnancy to keep my body feeling good. I did not deal with pain during pregnancy. I really tried to stay strong just so my body could support itself. I did a lot of abdominal work, but I did not take care of those pelvic floor muscles specifically. So the surrounding areas like my glutes and my inner thighs and my abs, I was working to the best of my ability and knowledge, but it was not sufficient. And I did have a little bit of um, peasing, if you will, a little pee sneezing while I was pregnant. I had always kind of had that intermittently with like a big laugh or a full bladder or anything. And I didn't know that that was a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction because it's such a normalized symptom. So 
at my, let's see, my six day checkup. Um, and again, cannot emphasize the amazing care of midwives and home birth groups enough. My midwives obviously were with me when I delivered and they do a, a 48 hour checkup, a six day checkup, two weeks checkup, and then, you know, later towards the six weeks. So I was not on my own for six weeks. And I think that is incredibly important that we normalize and expect that of our care providers. But All right. One of 45 tangents aside there. So my midwife evaluated me and she said, you know, I don't exactly remember if it was like this before. Um, I was really more looking at your cervix, but you do have a slight bladder prolapse. And my brain went immediately to, and I can still kind of call upon the feeling of when I had to do that coached push that was needed to get him out. It really was. And I kind of felt that tearing and I was wondering, you know, I wonder if like, that's where something happened with my bladder. But the thing about prolapses is, and the thing that I know now, and something that I would say to any one of you, regardless of, you know, how you birthed your baby into this world and how you went throughout your pregnancy Number one, we're all trying our best. That's huge. And number two, when you have something like a prolapse, number one, about 50% of birthing people do end up with prolapses. So whether that's a prolapse of the uterus, of the bladder, or of the rectum, about 50% of birthing people are walking around with a prolapse. Mine is about a grade one prolapse of the bladder. And that was not caused from one coached push in labor. That was nine months of a baby sitting on, you know, my bladder and my pelvic floor muscles that were clearly not already in tip top shape. So if my pelvic floor muscles were super dynamic and in tip top and they were mobile and they were able to relax and contract, then probably this pressure would not have created, it wouldn't have been a sustained pressure creating a prolapse, but I didn't have the knowledge that I do now. And I did end up with that slight bladder prolapse. And that is what brought me to Kelly because I was kind of just expecting the pain from that to go away, honestly. But then soon after that six week checkup, when I was about eight weeks postpartum, I started to have intercourse again with my husband and my friends had kind of told me, listen, the first time is really, really rough. It's weird. They didn't say rough, but like, you know, it's, it's very strange, but just kind of like, you know, get over that hump, pun intended, and it'll be okay. So we had intercourse and it was so painful. I mean, I felt like daggers were just tearing at my flesh and it was really, really awful. And I remember texting a girlfriend and saying, Oh my goodness, like you did not overhype that first time. Like, wow. And I had a little spotting after as well, which is not a good sign. That's indicative of some tearing that was happening during intercourse. Again, something I know now, but at the time, you know, you really just chalk so much up to being postpartum and to things that people don't tell you and things you don't know. And without that expertise or expert practitioners helping you, you don't know that they're warning signs. So we tried a few more times and it really did not get better. And I told my midwives right away and they said, Mm-mm, that is not normal. That is not okay. And, you know, I need you to get some pelvic floor PT. And I felt so defeated. I felt, oh my goodness. I felt so low in that moment because I felt like I tried so hard to have this really fit and healthy pregnancy with my son, to have this wonderful, empowering home birth. I just really wanted to be as holistic and natural as I could with everything. And hearing that I needed pelvic PT to me felt like you have failed. That's what I heard. And that's what I internalized. And that's what I hear and internalize with a lot of things. And I'm I'm working on that, but that's something for me and my therapist. However, 
I was trying to kind of see what was going on with pelvic health PTs. My midwives had sent me someone that they were aware of. She had kind of a wait list and she, they said, you know what? Here's someone in our area that looks really cool. And it was Kelly. And they sent me her website and I gave her a call and started working with her. And that was at the time Kelly was on her own and she was mobile and she came to my house and every week she educated me about my pelvic floor, about a huge litany of pelvic floor issues and kind of the nuances therein. I mean, I asked so many questions because I think that pelvic floor physical therapy is absolutely fascinating and just such a vital piece of the puzzle that I know myself, again, again, I considered myself a pretty well-educated postpartum mom, something that I was completely missing. So we would sit on the, you know, we'd be on the table and laugh and cry. And I kind of expressed to her, not that sense of having failed. I don't think I expressed that to her, but I did express that I felt very broken and that I had just worked so hard. And then I had this baby and it was so hard having a little baby. And it was so hard not feeling physically whole. And that was something that we addressed together. And she really held a ton of space for me emotionally, as well as, you know, clearly physically. And it was a really amazing experience. And I started opening up to her because I realized pretty soon after Jamie was born that a year was not enough and that I wouldn't be able to go back to teaching in the way that I wanted to teach because the part of my soul that I gave to my students and to my career was fully taken up by Jamie. And then I could no longer give that anywhere else or I wouldn't have it left over for my son. So we brainstormed. She was asking for advice on, you know, Facebook groups that she was active in. And eventually it was almost like two friends who maybe are going to be more than friends. And one of them is kind of feeling out the other one. And she kind of was like, you know, Maul, I need someone. I'm going to need someone with, you know, a, a specific set of skills. And I think you know, knowing what I know about teachers, I think that, you know, you may possess some of those skills. It was all very coy. And I said, you know, oh, would you, you know, could I? And she kind of was saying, you know, would you like something part-time? And I said, I, would you do something full-time? And we just kind of danced and danced. And eventually we spoke very candidly to each other and she brought me on as her admin And it was so incredible. I just, it was really, really beautiful. She worked with me so much, especially in the early days when Jamie, I would work some from home. I would forward all the work calls to my cell phone and I would take care of work that way. I would forward them back. I would, was in the office. I was out of the office. I was, you know, doing what I needed for my family and doing what we needed for the business as it grew. And it really developed into this beautiful work partnership that Kelly and I have where Our goal every day is to really take care of course, give the best care to those clients that we have to make people all over the world aware of pelvic floor physical therapy and that they do not need to be going through the things that they are going through. And then also trying to figure out how to expand, just like expand that knowledge and reach that we're already working so hard to promote so that there isn't a woman or a man out there who has to deal with these issues and think that there's simply no hope or think that, you know, they are broken. So that's really how I came to this work. I mean, there's, you know, stuff in between, obviously, but that is why for me, this is so personally important. This work gave me something that was my own, that was fulfilling, but that I was able to 
give while also putting my family first. And that has been an absolutely humongous gift. And again, like I said, I really felt like I knew a lot going through pregnancy and going through early postpartum and missing this piece was huge. I mean, I, I wish upon wish and hope upon hope that I had been able to access this care before having Jamie and while being pregnant, but that wasn't my path. And so it just makes me all the more passionate about giving care to women who are pregnant and also postpartum, you know, women like me who are coming a few months postpartum, women who are coming to us 25 years postpartum. And then of course, you know, men as well, the men that we treat who need our help just every bit as much as our moms. So that's my why. And that's how I came to this work. And I'm really, really grateful to bring that care and that perspective to our podcast, Collaborative Connections with Orthopelvic PT. If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com on Instagram and YouTube at orthopelvicpt and on TikTok at orthopelvicpt1. At Orthopelvic PT, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.